In this episode of Octal FM, I joined Gelada and Seferin to discuss some of our most anticipated games of 2018. Hello and welcome to another episode of Oxal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Seferin. And we're joined by, the for the first time, we have a recurring guest. Ooh, we have a it's guest becoming coming a franchise. Back. And we're joined again by Antonia. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> how did we, I remember we had this discussion last time, how did we decide that you wanted to be addressed? I can't remember. <laughs> it, it says Antonia on the show notes, so... That's fine. Um, that is what you are, then. Or Tony, I really don't mind. <laughs> if you remember, Tony joined us back in episode eight, which was actually recorded almost a year ago because it was... We recorded it in January. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, and, it, and it's now December at the time of recording. So uh, it's nearly a year How ago time now. flies. And we talked about Stardew Valley, which is funny because you're actually playing Stardew Valley at the moment on Switch, right? Yeah, it was only £10, which is pretty good considering how many hours I've already put in (laughs) and just the fact that you can sit or I can sit on the sofa and just play it without having to, I don't know, my back starts hurting if I'm at the PC too long getting old. Joe, I'm really surprised that that's the price of it on Switch. I would have expected Nintendo to like bump the price to like 20 quid. Yeah. Yeah. Considering um, we went away and um, I wanted to play something on Switch, and Skyrim had just came out, so I thought, oh yeah, that would be fun to play on handheld. £50. £50? £50. Yeah. Pounds. For a game that was released in 2011? Yeah. Oh my word. It's crazy. That's why I'm playing Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> <laughs> Fulfill that itch. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yes, welcome Antonia to the podcast a second time. So this episode, because it's when this episode goes out, uh, it is the new year. So happy new year, everyone, uh, even though we haven't had Christmas yet. And so we thought that it would be a good time to have a bit of a chat about some of the games that we're looking forward to this year. Obviously, there will be games that haven't even been announced yet that come out in 2018, um, which is exciting, but also completely unknown and useless to talk about on a podcast. Um, just speculating what games are coming out. That's, that's fun too, though. Uh, so we've, you know, we're, we're going to talk about just some of the games that we already know about that are coming out in 2018 or or probably coming out in 2018, at least. <laughs> and it's not necessarily like these, what we think are going to be the best games. It's just things that we are kind of interested yeah. in. Because one of the first ones that I wanted to talk about is a mm. series that I've been quite a fan of now for a little while and that's the far cry series yeah i I did play the original far cry when it first came out but not extensively it was like we were talking about it earlier when we was like mostly playing the the multiplayer yeah and that was sort of like one of our kind of go-to multiplayer games at the old lands yeah it was a fun multiplayer wasn't it it had the combat felt good and the guns were fun and the maps were really good. Yeah, I remember the maps were b- really big, but it was never a yeah. chore to navigate them either. So yeah. it had that sort of like hide and seek mentality, but it didn't feel like unfair when you died out of nowhere because uh, you yeah. could move around. I don't know. It was weird. It was pretty good considering it was like an an old game now. But the, the, in my opinion, the series didn't really peak until Far Cry Three, which I think most people agree was is so far been the best Far Cry game. Uh, I absolutely adore Far Cry Three, and don't get me wrong, Four was really good. It was, and I actually think the story is more interesting in 4, but I don't know, it it felt like 4 was going down the AAA 
problem route that so many games have gone down since you know yeah and i think primal was pretty disappointing really like it was that very much felt like a cash cow like i'm well, sorry not a cash cow cash grab sorry but yeah far cry 5 i see i'm hopefully optimistic for it because i really wanted to have that sort of return to form to more like what three was like but mm. also not just going back to what it was because I don't want the same game again just in a new environment. I do want, like, new elements to it. But at yeah. the same time, it's going to be, you know, nice, really lovely graphics. It's going to be an interesting setting. They're setting it in Middle America. I think it's, like, set in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Which is pretty cool because, like, all the other Far Cry games so far, hence the title of the, of the games, has been set a Far Cry from Civilization. The idea, mm-hmm. I suppose, is that you're in the middle of the wilderness sort of thing for the most part. Whereas in this instance, it's set in sort of, like you know, the richest country in the world. But the idea is that it doesn't matter if it's the richest country in the world, there's still a lot of problems going on that's going to cause a lot of potential mm. violence. Does that mean it's going to be a more kind of urban theme then? Well, I think there's going to be a little bit more urban environments to fight within, but the game itself is sort of set in like a, kind of like a farming community style county, if you know what I mean, like in the in uh, the American okay. West sort of thing, where it's like uh, yeah. like rolling fields and hills and stuff like that. Oh, I get you. The, the, I think the the idea is it's supposed to be like a, a fanatical religious group called I think it's like the Gates of Eden or something like that. I can't remember. I remember, remember reading the some of the preview stuff on it, and so that's sort of like the main antagonist is sort of like this kind of alt right militia group sort of thing. Um, mm. Not to get political, this is just the game, not my opinions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just think that adds sort of like a a new way of sort of like doing the Far Cry series rather than it just being like mowing down a you know quote-unquote terrorists or quote-unquote pirates you know there's, there's a little bit more kind of nuance to be had now so i'm quite looking forward to far cry 5 and it's going to be one of those games where i think it would be beneficial to play it on both console and pc like because one of the things that mm. i was really excited about for for playstation 4 was that it was going to be on uh, far cry 4 was going to be on it and it was really like you know take advantage of the hardware and look really really pretty and the control scheme works really well for it as well because it is a like a first person shooter but it isn't like a twitchy first person shooter really it's sort of no. like a mm. more of an adventure style first person shooter if that makes sense yeah i presume that there'll be a multiplayer component have they talked about that at all if they have, I've not seen it, which is a shame if they don't, just because the multiplayer aspects in all of them so far have been really cool. I remember playing the co-op mode. That was actually one of the best things in 4, uh, and that was really, really fun. Like, it was pretty much just have a buddy to dick about with sort of thing. Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. They'll probably keep that. I, I would have made sense to, just with the increased like connectivity between you know everybody in games and high-speed internet now. Uh, there's no real reason not to. So that would be really fun to just have like a buddy helping you out. Mm. But I'm looking forward to it. It's out quite soon, in fact. It's only out in a few months. Yeah. It's not like a game that's sort of still in development sort of thing. It's, it's almost certainly finished and it's just sort of being polished and everything. And I think this is probably the most triple A game on the list for me. Probably one of yeah. the most triple A games on the list, list full stop, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Who develops it? And publishes it. It's Ubisoft. Oh, right. Okay. So it's going to have all those traditional Ubisoft problems with it, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that won't be avoided. But I mean, like I say, three was really, really good and four was good as well. It just wasn't as good. So I've uh, got quite a lot of hope for it. I'm looking forward to it. I am excited for Monster Hunter World to come out. Apparently it's coming out in, in January, which is really soon not far off this episode's release yeah yeah so end of january i 
I haven't been a Monster Hunter fan since the very beginning, but I got into it when they released Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate on the Wii U and got so obsessed with it and the online element as well that I bought a wireless keyboard to connect up so I could chat to people and say, I need to farm this, things like that. (laughs) Got really into that for a while. And then I got Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on 3DS. I've played Monster Hunter Stories, which is pretty different, but same world. It's more of a... Is that the one that's like a kind of... It's kind of like Pokemon in a way. You have, you ride the monsters and they're called monsties and it's all cute <laughs> it was really it's really good actually i really enjoyed like it chibi version it's really cute <laughs> makes me feel bad for killing them now <laughs> but this i'm excited for because it's coming back to sony because i think it was originally on playstation 2 something like mm. that which although games aren't all about graphics i know but this one is looking really stunning so <laughs> i think i'm going to enjoy it just looking amazing mm. Also, apparently it's going to be completely open world. So in the other games, when you're hunting, it's all sectioned off into little bits. Yeah. So the monster will be in this bit and you'll be in another bit and you'll travel between them with a little, not very long, but a little loading bit between them. But in this one, it's just all seamless um, environments. Uh, Apparently the the monster AI is a lot better. So I guess they can kind of like roam around a bit and they won't yeah. always be in the exact same spot every time that they'll be in the same sort of area but they'll like roam yeah. you have to hunt them a bit more and yeah and you, you can't um what you did you tended to do or i did in the old games is you escape to a different area to have a potion and run back in yeah but this time you're not going to be able the, to and do the that. monster doesn't just like yeah just waits for you to come back sort of thing and yeah yeah, it's, it's probably a bit more realistic. And I hear that it's going to have a better tutorial okay. um, because there's quite a steep learning curve for those games. I remember having to watch a few YouTube guides, video guides, just to sort of like, oh, you're a new hunter and you have no idea what you're doing in this game. So here's some tips, which suggests that it's there's not a good enough tutorial. So mm. apparently they've sorted that out. See, that was one of the things that... Uh always sort of blocked my entrance into the genre. Well, not the genre, but into the series of games, sorry. Because it, it's got that uh, that fandom around it. Because, it's, you know, the fandom for Monster Hunter is, mm. is rabid. You know, it's a really, yeah. you know, like, serious fandom sort of, uh, for the game. And I wanted to sort of become part of that because it, it does look really fun. <laughs> and there's, like, a lot of really good interactions that you have with people to work together to take them down. But it's almost this impenetrable wall of things that you have to learn in advance to be able to even do it decently not even like top tier yeah and that was one of the things that put me off that and the fact there's like a million versions of the game there's like like you said like monster <laughs> hunter 3 ultimate but then there's like monster hunter 3 ultimate yeah. on the 3ds version which is slightly different and yeah so hopefully with the sounds of it because they're, they're dropping even the numbers aren't they because if it's just called monster hunter world i'm hoping it's going to be like almost a not a reboot so to speak but sort of like a this is the new version of the game. Don't worry about the previous ones. Yeah. Like a kind of step up kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I did actually miss out a game, I think. I can't remember. Monster Hunter Generations, I oh, think yeah. it was called. There you go. Another problem. <laughs> how, how do you <laughs> yeah. keep up? Like, Yeah. But no, I am interested in this one just because playing it on a, a big beefy console and it sounds like they're really bringing it up a gear, like mm. stepping up with the features and making it a bit more... 2018 i suppose yeah. some of the old ones they are it is quite a clunky game mm. like the menus are clunky and some of the mechanics it's very japanese yes i, I was gonna say it has a very japanese feel to it doesn't yeah. it but i love that sort of thing so <laughs> it's a <laughs> it hate, well love hate relationship because it 
it's yeah. so unintuitive sometimes, but you kind of love it for that reason too. Like it's almost like that yeah. old sort of like late nineties JRPG on the original PlayStation feel to it. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Jell? So going from something that sort of has like really stepped up graphics and sort of that kind of realistic look about it, apart from the fact that there are monsters, to something that <laughs> looks really, really amazing, but is also quite cartoony. Um, and that is Sea of Thieves, mm. which is on uh, PC and Xbox. And the main reason I'm looking forward to it is because it's being made by Rare and it's quite an ambitious kind of concept to try and get right to make a sort of pirate game. So basically the, the, the game is kind of like a sort of MMO where you can play solo or co-op and you have a pirate ship and you have quests to do and uh, you can kill other people and destroy other people's ships and all of that kind of stuff. And and I, I think um, voice, voice communication plays a huge part and they've sort of got this kind of like passive voice communication where you can hear what people are saying around you like the other players yeah um if you like encounter another set of players you can hear them speaking on their ship pirate ship if you're close enough to them and stuff like that i'm kind of speculating a little bit from the footage i've seen and stuff like that but it does seem that that's the case yes so it's just kind of like that's that's quite an interesting concept to try and do it reminds me a lot of air buccaneers which was a unreal tournament mod originally and now actually is its own game but it has a slightly different name and, and the name escapes me now well, it's guns of Icarus, isn't it Oh, that's it. Guns of Icarus. You knew the name. That was fun. But this is kind of like a super fleshed out version of that. I'm just sort of interested to see if they can manage that. Um, because I think that I think that if it works, it will be really fun to play, especially as like a co-op game to play with friends. You know, it might be something that's really cool for our uh, LAN parties. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because that has sort of a lot of the same appeal to it as Monster Hunter does in that it's mm. fun to play on your own, but there's going to be infinitely more enjoyment to be had in a group. Mm. Yeah. And it doesn't right. have to be a dedicated group either. You can drop in quite easily, I imagine, too, in something yeah. like this. Yeah. And it looks like something that, that will be very kind of emergent in that you'll form your own stories from it. You know, it's that kind of game where things will happen that are kind of organic and not really directly part of the game. And those sort of stories that you end up telling about, you know, oh, this happened when we were playing this game and, you know, and, and this time and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm really interested in that. They only just announced the March sort of 2018 release dates but they have been doing a lot of testing and i think there was kind of like a, a private beta kind of test that they were doing so it sounds like they've been taking their time trying to get it right i mean one of the things i'll be really excited to do is sort of like see if they manage to pull off a combination of the obvious combat that's going to be there like mm. uh, sort of like the air buccaneers slash guns vicarious style play but also if they can manage almost that like quest or maybe like a trading element to it maybe because yeah. then it almost enters into the realms and think like elite doesn't it like yeah that idea exactly. of having traders and pirates and yeah yeah and then you can customize your ships so they can have like different size cargo holds or more cannons and well, here's one question for you, because I don't know a great deal about the game. I've seen it a couple of mm. times, like just on, here, in passing. Do you have to have your own ship or could you like join the uh, as a crew member of someone else's ship? Or I think you can just, you can join other people's. And I think if you group together, then you, you know, you start on the same island and have the same ship. But yeah. there's, the, there's footage from the developers where they meet up with another team and instead of fighting them they actually band together and mm. they they like hop onto each other's ships so that they can 
all communicate. And so you have like one person from one team on one ship and one on another, and then they work together to then defeat someone else. So I don't think that it's kind of like, I don't think it's proper like team-based kind of combat or anything like that, so to speak. I think it is more like you're playing with some friends, but you can all kind of do what you want. And, you know, you don't have to all be on the same ship. But yeah, it sounds kind of cool. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that quite a lot. And I think, does it have crossplay? Yes, it will be crossplay between Windows and Xbox. I'm almost certain. See, of that. I think that's going to make God. a huge difference as well. Yeah. Because this game it sounds really cool, but without trying to sound kind of negative, I don't think it's the kind of thing that necessarily is going to take off on the Xbox on its own because I just don't know yeah. if it hits yeah. that right demographic. But it's definitely the kind of game that a, a PC market would kind of embrace. And that would probably drive more people to play on Xbox that don't have good PCs necessarily, but want to play with their friends that do. You know, I've got I've got quite a few friends that have you know Xboxes, but don't have a good PC. Yeah. So that that would bridge that gap. Yeah, you're right. It's a good point. Like that is often the problem, right? As a PC gamer, is that a lot of your friends tend to have consoles. There's so many things that are on everything that you can't play with them, and it's mm. like, well, that's so annoying. Like, can you sort of take on? giant sea monsters and things like that because that would be cool <laughs> I, I think that there is there's plenty of pve in it as well i don't think it is yeah. just pvp i think that you know you have quests and you have things to do and i think that there are other like ai ships and stuff like that so yeah i would imagine so when when it says that you can run your own ship do we know anything about how in-depth that is so would crew members perhaps have their own role on the ship like helm helmsman yeah mm-hmm. i yeah. think i think it's kind of organic in the same way that it was in air, something like air buccaneers in mm. that there are jobs to do like someone needs to steer the ship someone needs to operate the cannons someone needs to operate the sails blah 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 can you be a cabin boy you can probably <laughs> that's totally what you would be. <laughs> probably be a cabin Ooh. Boy. Ooh. <laughs> rude roger the cabin throwing boy. under that bus <laughs> i don't think that it's like the ships are sort of super permanent because they can be destroyed really easily in right. combat. Um, and then you can get them kind of resurrected sort of thing. Uh, so it's not that kind of, it's not that kind of thing where it's like a huge deal. This Your ship is a big deal. I think your ship is just kind of like, think of it like a car in GTA or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. Very similar. Again, some similar idea to something like Air Buccaneers slash uh, yeah. Guns Vicarus. Exactly. Yeah, you've got yeah. it. All three of those, like Far Cry, Monster Hunter World, Sea of Thieves, they're all kind of like fairly large-scale titles, right? Mm. But, uh, but Seth, mm. you've got a couple of more sort of like indie games that you're looking forward to, right? Yeah. I'm, well, one of the games that I'm looking forward to, I, I'm not sure if it's got a 2018 release because so far all of the sort of like preamble for it is it'll be out when it's out sort of thing, mm. which is fine by me. As is often I, the way with As indie, is often right? the case, yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is again, I really don't mind because if they if they want to take longer and make it a better game, more power to them. But it, uh, one of the ones that I'm really excited for is uh, Into the Breach. Uh-huh. It's a game to made by the same people that made FTL, the Fast and Light game on yeah. PC. I don't think it was on any other platform. Was it? I think it was just PC. Was it? Was it on like apps as well? I think you can get it on like Google Play and I think you can get it on iPad. I still, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. Which was sort of that uh, that spaceship management game where you went through, yeah. like as if you were like a bridge commander of like an old starship star trek ship yeah it's like a roguelike kind of yes. thing wasn't it yeah. and we, we talked about it actually on episode 16 about when we talked about our favorite video game music yeah i think that's right i think we did actually yeah i really really like ftl and one of the reasons why i'm interested into the breach is because of that which yeah. is because it's got, I've got a good lot of goodwill for ftl but also because the sort of like the 
I don't say the law, but sort of the setting for it is really interesting in the sense that it's like a, a kaiju sort of setting in the idea of like giant monsters attacking the earth. Oh, okay. And so you control like a, a kind of a squadron of giant robots to fight them sort of thing. Oh, that sounds cool. Mm. But the so the, the game is not like a huge scale game, though. That's really interesting. So although the monsters and the stakes are really high, it's a really small game. It's all like an isometric based tile based game. Okay. Is it is it still like a roguelike like FTL or is it or what's the sort of game? Yeah, so like? so it is a roguelike and the and it will generate regenerate the maps and the monster placements and everything relatively randomly. I imagine there'll be some level of scripting to it, but not like a lot. And the idea is that you have to like save the populations of these cities from being destroyed by the monsters by doing whatever that you can with all the different kind of like uh, mechs that you have and the mechs will have like different a- attributes that you can choose uh, and you get like different upgrades and stuff just like hey we would in FTL where you go through like a, a region of space and you might get like a new weapon or something without realizing it so it's not something you can plan for necessarily you have to kind of go on it on the fly mm. but so uh, the, the it's, it's all turn-based combat as well it's like a turn-based tile-based combat game um and the the main hook seems to be the idea that you can go back in time when things inevitably go wrong because they will go wrong at Mm. first because you just you you can't know enough to win the first few times because although the enemies aren't all that smart and you can sort of like predict what they're going to do and sort of like you know manipulate it you can't know enough to win the first times round because of like they just massively outpower you yeah so you have to kind of like use your knowledge of the previous iteration Mm. to sort of like help you win the fight over and over again so is that like time travel element baked into the game or is that yes. okay that's interesting because there was a time traveling real-time strategy game right called Arkron. Arkron? yeah Akron, sorry Akron, and it, it did terribly because it was i think because it was real time but it's just interesting that that's that concept has come around again in a kind of strategy yeah. setting i think it it, it felt, it's sort of a similar idea to the idea of like we you haven't died you haven't failed you've just sort of like reached information points and now you have to go back and do it again mm. to make sure that you do better this time interesting I think it's just a good way of like baking in a rock hard game without you feeling crap about uh, okay all the time. i've got you yeah okay fine so it's more about the the difficulty mechanic yes yes yeah i get because the enemies like i say are relatively predictable so you can make them do what you need them to do sort of thing if you understand yeah. how they will work got you. and if you've like experienced this same scenario a couple of times you'll have an idea of how they're going to attack where they're going to attack that sort of thing uh, and mm. you can kind of plan for that in advance cool that sounds good but it, it, it's looking really small like it's a very kind of small nice game it's got sort of like you know old school sort of like um kind of pixely graphics yeah. Um, but it looks really, really nice, and I'm looking forward to it quite a lot. Hmm. And there's another um, like strategy indie strategy game, right? That's that's on your list. So this one has got a release date. This is coming out next year, and it's called Wargroove. A similar sort of idea again that it's like a turn-based tile combat game. Yeah, and it's basically a fantasy version of Advance Wars. Mm. Uh, if you remember playing Advance Wars back in the day on the, yes, on the Game Boy. I do. I was terrible at it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very good at the time, but I imagine I'd be much better now that I have an idea of how to play it properly. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I've I've always got a bit of a soft spot for things like uh, kind of like turn-based strategy games ever since I kind of fell in love with X- XCOM. Mm. And it, it's even got that same sort of like sprite look that advance wars did so that like really charming sprite work yeah mm. so it looks really pretty despite the fact that it's like it's supposed to look old quote mm. unquote this is being made by chucklefish yeah yes which is the same people that did the stardew stardew yeah exactly yeah mm. it's like they're not the same developer i don't think but i think it's being no. sort of like 
they aided by and like released do. by. Yes. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't really need to say too much about it in all fairness, just because if you know what Advance Wars is, this is basically that. Mm. The only real difference is that it's set in like a fantasy setting, which is actually less appealing to me, but it's still going to be really good and I'll definitely give it a go. <laughs> More appealing to me. <laughs> yeah, we're both like, that sounds cool. Like and you're fantasy. like, <laughs> So I, I'd prefer the Advance Wars setting. I'd, I'd honestly love a new Advance Wars game on yeah. PC. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. With like some maybe no slight new UI tweaks and kind of control tweaks with like mm. the mouse. How that'd work really well on like the Switch, wouldn't it? Like with it the would work really well yeah. on the Switch, yeah. Um, which I'm surprised Nintendo haven't done yet. But uh, what about you, Tony? What else are you looking forward to? Well, the game that basically made me buy a PS3 just for that game is getting a sequel, and that is Nino Kuni. It's called Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. Um, apparently, Nino Kuni. What was with the snigger? Sorry, Tony. What was with the snigger there? <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's just funny. It's quite a long it's name. It's quite a long isn't name. It? And well, also, that's I, a I Japanese thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it's quite sweet that they haven't translated Nino Kuni to something more Western. That's true. What does Nino Kuni mean? Oh, I was going to say, like, you might know, but um, it means another. Oh, I don't even know. I think it because it doesn't say world in it, but apparently it basically means like another world. But mm. I thought world was Sekai, Sekai, mm-hmm. but oh well, whatever. Basically, it is a like a parallel world that is more fantastical and has people with cat ears, as you do, um, <laughs> and little fairies and things like that. Anime. But I absolutely adored the first game. It was so pretty. Um, it's uh it had, was collaborated had a collaboration with um studio ghibli which, which is they, just perfect but they don't have that this time no. right it's not studio ghibli it does look pretty ghibli to it me it does though. yeah i'm gonna say it would be a bit weird if it was like a sequel to that game but not have that art style no it does seem like it might be a bit more kind of chibi chibified because oh, right, okay. um, looking at a few screenshots they have more of these sort of tactical army style battles they have mm. the normal battles but then they have these ones where you're controlling units and things like that. So it's taking a bit of a different turn. And some previews I've read are actually a bit concerned, yeah. for want of a better word. That seems a bit weird for a game. But Eurogamer gave it, we're a bit like, oh, a bit we're worried, worried about this. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm getting it anyway because I love it. I'm hoping they can capture the same sort of love and feel that the original had then. Because yeah. like that was uh, you, you summed it up really well at the beginning of, of talking about it is that it made you buy a PS3. Yeah, and I'm really I was so hoping excited. that that's the same sort of like love that people give to this game, even if it doesn't have that same sort of like Ghibli connection. Yeah, yeah. At least the art style is still very sort of that nice sort of cell shaded approach. It's got some of the uh, locations from the first game, like there's a the first city you visit in the first one um, is called Ding Dong Dell and you are now the king of Ding Dong Dell um, <laughs> but well you're quite young and people don't like you so apparently you get banished and I'm guessing the game is you finding your feet and proving them wrong and being cute and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is still going to be like a traditional RPG style game isn't it? Yeah yeah and, and this time in Nino Kuni you had familiars who you controlled in battle, but in this this time around, they've ditched the familiars and you now have these little fairy things called Higgledies. They have some overworld mechanics too, mm. apparently. I don't know, like 
remove this rock from the yes. scenery so you can pass. Quite, it feels very Japanese. Yeah. I mean, obviously it is, but they look like they don't look like Pikmin. But the fact that you have quite a few of them, they have diff- apparently they have different elements. Like you, the red ones, I suppose, are that's fire. Yeah. Um, to Pikmin edition. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um, they fight for you as well. But you can't control them. You are you. You control Evan, the Catboy King guy, and possibly the other two if you, you can possibly change them around but apparently i think it all happens this all happens on the overworld i don't think it phases into a battle screen like it did in the first game but but it sounds it sounds good it sounds like they're doing some different things which i suppose some people are worried about whether they'll work or not like hmm. i think you're probably going to start your own little kingdom somewhere else and you will have to build that and manage that mm. yeah. so that could be like a hit or a miss i suppose mm. i can imagine some reviews maybe saying oh wasn't fleshed out enough yeah it's but, just a tacked on feature yeah but um i'm hopeful and if it isn't as good at least it looks really nice and i'm sure it will be nice i think you're yeah. a gamer hopefully you're a gamer are just being a bit pessimistic yeah and i guess nino kuni one was was really really good right and so it's got a really high you know, there's a lot of expectation on it because that first game was so good. So actually that may be kind of inflating that a little bit. Maybe if it stood on its own, they wouldn't be so pessimistic, yeah. but maybe it's because it's got Nino Kuni one as kind of like a, you know, a, brother. A, a marker. Yeah, exactly. And also like a little bit of rose tinted glasses as well to then be thinking that that game was even better than their, you know, than it was. Sort yeah. Of, yeah. And some people didn't actually like Nino mm. Kuni because... I guess just different opinions. Because they were wrong. <laughs> no, but um, I was reading a preview of Nino Kuni 2 and the author, I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly where it was, but the author said, well, I didn't really like Nino Kuni 1. And it's like, well, different maybe opinions. Maybe you're the wrong like... person to be doing this preview then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to like it. It definitely feels like your kind of game, 100%. Yes. <laughs> what else? Is there anything else? Oh, yeah, um... Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, finally. Finally. I mean, it says that it's coming out in 2018. Don't hold It'll your breath. It'll be out when it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah. Well, that's another game that has that impenetrable bloody wall of text to try and learn before you start playing. Well, I read somewhere that basically just play the the mainline ones, Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, because right. they're the best and just don't pay too much attention. If the story gets confusing, just, just go into it accepting that it's so weird. <laughs> and they have done sort of like more modern day remakes of them now, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, I've got them. Uh, <laughs> but apparently this one is set after the events of the 3DS game, which I have played and completed, but I can't remember what happened in it, really. All I <laughs> know is I was well. a cool guy with a big key and I could smash things and it was fun. And, and there were... Every well, not with a big game. key. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> not every game. <laughs> not every game. But uh, and also there were Disney characters, which you just wouldn't think would work, but it does. I remember back in whenever it was when the first Kingdom Hearts was announced, my mum pointed not announced it came out, so it was on the shelf in probably called Electronics Boutique or oh, something back Evie, in the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Retro. my mum pointed to it, and it. I don't know if you can can drop an image of the box art in your head, but it's just sort of like kind of moody, silhouetted. Um, the Sora character, like all the um, Final Fantasy style looking characters, and then you have Goofy and Donald looking up <laughs> into the sky. And my mum was like, "Oh, look at this! It's got." Disney and I was like that looks stupid <laughs> and she was like oh and then 
a little while later, I was like, well, it could be good. And I got bought it for my birthday or something. I was like, this is amazing. So yeah, parents have good ideas. But <laughs> yeah, I thought, <laughs> and you laughed thought? at me, didn't you? Yes, I did. I got Kingdom Hearts 2 for Christmas and I, I told David and he was like, well, it was on MSN. He literally just said, lol. That's I was so like, what's lame. wrong with that? <laughs> so I, I am excited. There's lots of nice memories around that series. Well, that's another series that has a huge fan base, doesn't it? Like, yeah. absolutely rabid fan base. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sort of like chomping at the bit for it because I know it, like you said, it will come out when it's out. And yeah, definitely. It'll be really good. But there are other games mm. that are coming out too. Yeah. <laughs> What about um, you? Yeah, I've got, there's a couple of others that, I don't know, there's not actually that much that's on the like confirmed roster for 2018 yet mm-hmm. that I'm super excited about. But there are a couple of other games that have been announced this year or even earlier. And so, and I'm sort of hopeful. The Last of Us Part 2, there was a new trailer um, out the other day. Uh, and so there's a potential that that's going to be 2018 it sounds like it probably is i mean it's it was announced ages ago it was announced at the mm-hmm. end of 2016 i think really yeah so i'm hopeful that they're going to release it this year um and i'm interested to see like again that's another game that's got a lot to live up to oh yeah definitely people really really myself included really really love the last of us so i don't know i'm i'm intrigued that should be good but the the other one my sort of main like massively off into the future but super excited about game is age of empires 4 mm-hmm. uh, which has only had a kind of teaser announcement trailer put out but it's one of those things where you're like we'll never see another age of empires <laughs> game like they'll never make another one and obviously they they redid age of empires 2 hd and it sold like hotcakes and it did really well and actually it's it's crazy to think like that game has been out so long, but they're still mm. now releasing expansion packs, essentially, yeah. because they're, you know, releasing new expansion packs to the HD version. Yes. And they're also redoing Age of Empires 1. Uh, and actually, unlike Age of Empires 2 HD, because Age of Empires 2 HD, they'd lost all of the assets and all of the stuff for the game. So the only way they could remaster it was to actually use all the old assets. Mm-hmm. But with Age of Empires 1 they actually still have everything so they can redo all of the graphics and stuff, which is really cool, mm-hmm. given how old it is. But that's not the game that I'm looking forward to. The game I'm looking forward to is Age of Empires 4. I mean, I'll be really interested to see what they do with it because mm. there was such a difference between 2 and 3, like in the way it played. Yeah. And then it's been a long time now since either of those games, in fairness. Like yeah. 3 is obviously, you know, quite a lot older, sorry, a lot, a lot younger, sorry, than 2, but it's now still quite an old game. And RTS has really come a long way since yeah. then. Like it's changed so much. So it'll be interesting to see how they decide to do it. Because maybe they'll go along the sort of like uh, Starcrafty route with it. Who knows? Or maybe they'll go for like the more squad-y, squad-based route to things. Things like the more newer, um, like Dawn of War game, for example. Like there's there's so many ways they could go with Age of Empires 4. Or maybe they stick to their, like, their old tried and tested formula like they didn't do. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's being made by Relic. Um, It's not being made by Ensemble Studios. Not that, I mean, they don't really exist anymore. So, I don't know. I think we will probably see a game that draws really heavily on Relic's experience and the Mm -hmm. kinds of games that Relic makes, which is exciting because that's actually, you know, that will be a real departure for the franchise. I know it's been such a long time that it's like, of course it's going to be, but... Be a very different style. 
what have Relic made? I'm not really an RTS savvy person. So they made um, Dawn of War and Company oh. of Heroes and Homeworld. And, yeah, I mean, they, doesn't say they made Homeworld. Oh, right. Yeah, their, their pedigree is is immense um, for real time strategy games. When it comes to RTS games, games yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, um, so it's definitely in the right hands. It was always a bit of a worry, though, wasn't it? Because they were always under THQ, um, and then yeah. when they went bust. It was a bit of a worry. I thought Relic was going to kind of like just dissolve into nothingness, but thankfully they're still mm. around. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really, really excited for that. And finally, an honourable mention simply because at the time of recording, it was literally just kind of half announced. Um, and that is that there's, there's eventually going to be a new Tomb Raider game. I've really enjoyed the reboot to Tomb Raider. Um, and so I'm excited that there's going to be another one. It doesn't surprise me, but also it's still exciting. I've not played the reboot, you know. They are worth playing, definitely. Yeah, Play like I, I've always heard that they're super, super good. Yeah. Um, so I should I should get around to playing them at some point. I think I own it on Steam. Yeah, give it a go. You definitely should. Yeah. The only other, the only one that I would mention, and it's not really a release, it doesn't really count, but I'm really excited about like the upcoming update for Stardew Valley for the multiplayer. Because that's yeah. sort oh, of like yeah. a release, right? That is, and that's coming out in 2018, so... I'm just (laughs) confused as to how it's going to work and whether Mm. it's going to be compelling enough to actually, because I'm quite a notorious single player person, (laughs) which is funny because I come to the lands. But um, (laughs) Well, we were talking about it kind of in the the notes in that it sounds like it's not just going to be a tacked on feature. It's going to be something that's kind of worked into the actual gameplay itself. So. Because I think there already are mods to play the game Mm. multiplayer as it is. Yeah, there are. And it's just sort of insert someone else within to a game and it doesn't really work. This yeah. seems like they're really tooling the game to incorporate whatever, if you choose the multiplayer option. I don't imagine you can drop in. I imagine you'll have to start the game in a multiplayer setting uh, just to make sure everything works properly. I'm not sure how it's going to work if you're going to, have, like, if you're going to live together or it's going to be like two different houses or two different farms. I don't know how it's going to work. Exactly. I think I read somewhere that, oh, I'm po- possibly wrong, but I feel like there's maybe a main person for the game and then the other people have like their own shed yes i don't know <laughs> that, sounds <fair. laughs> that sounds great doesn't it um but i'm not sure i just Get read somewhere shed. about like separate tool sheds and things like that mm. well, i don't know but we'll i'm looking forward to it nonetheless like yeah. it, it may not be like a, a game release but it's it's definitely a big game update which well i'm quite excited about because in the fact that both you and i are playing through Stardew Valley yeah. again right now. Yeah, all this talk of Stardew Valley is making me want to play it. You should. <laughs> or you should wait until multiplayer comes out and we'll all play together. That's actually a good point. Oh, maybe. that'd be so That's cool. Good. And then we could do an episode on it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just imagining because David and I could probably get married and then you'll be like, oh. I'm third wheel in it. <laughs> oh dear. It's like, can you water the crops, please? You can be like our lodger. We're oh. just going to look after the child and go into town for the day. You, uh, you, can <laughs> you need to, to get farm. Laura in on this. <laughs> oh, I tell you, she, she'd just be sitting there the whole time clicking on the animals going, they're so cute. <laughs> they are cute, though. The nice little pixelated animals. They're just so cute. I love the chickens. And when you, you talk to them, they go, Bruh. oh, they're so cute. That's quite good, okay, actually. Okay. Wrapping it up, wrapping it Tangential. up. Tangential. more game. Do you have one more game? I just need to mention it because oh, okay, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a bit like Tomb Raider and that it's just been announced, but Bayonetta 3. Oh, yeah. And apparently it's Switch exclusive, which is cute. They've gone on a little Nintendo, which is good because, like, if I remember rightly, Nintendo bailed them out, didn't they? They bailed Platinum Studios out and said, look, yes. we'll give you the yeah. money, but we get Bayonetta. And they were like, yeah. okay, that sounds fair. And that's yeah. why they're, that's why Bayonetta 3 is exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. They're re-releasing the first two games um, as a 
compilation for the Switch as well, hmm. um, which I probably won't buy unless the hype gets me, which often happens. I mean, do um, you already I had own the re-release on Wii, Wii U anyway? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't need them really, but Bayonetta 3, that would be cool. I've got to admit, like, they're handling the Switch better than I thought they would, I must admit. Mm. It's great. I was worried it was going to be a bit of another Wii U, unfortunately. And that's that's not saying I don't like the Wii U, because I do. I, I I own one. I like the Wii U, but let's it wasn't the best of consoles overall, objectively speaking. I know speaking. what you mean. There weren't a lot of games for it, oh, really. really. And the ones that were, they were pretty much all Nintendo games. Like, Yeah. That's not a bad thing, but there's not a lot of variety, if that makes sense, because Nintendo games are all sort of similar. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just mentioning Bayonetta because it's just been announced there's not much known about it so but yeah cool well i think you know we've covered quite a lot of games there but i'm sure that there are some that we have missed so there's plenty that i've not mentioned as well that i'm interested in we can probably maybe leave them in the show notes or something for other things that we've not talked about yeah yeah we'll put some some extra ones in the in the show notes definitely and who knows we might end up having another episode about one of those games like uh in 2018 yeah very possible but yeah, if there's anything that you think, oh, we really should have talked about, uh, you know, the game that you're really looking forward to, then you should definitely let us know. Um, come and find us on Twitter at OctalFM or send us an email with show at Octal.fm. And otherwise, in the meantime, I have been Gelada. I have been Sefran. And I've been Antonia. We hope you have a wonderful 2018. Yes. Happy New Year, everyone. Merry Christmas. No, not, no, no. <laughs> We've had that. Just, just not yet. Not yet. Looking at our Christmas tree like, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> pretend, pretend. <laughs>